Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kate, Kiwi, and BP. Hello. Hello. Hi. Today, we're going to be playing Caverna, the Cave Farmers. I actually didn't know I had a subtitle. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, designed by Uwe Rosenberg of uh, many, many games, including A Feast for o- Odin, Agricola, Patchwork, Bonanza, and Cottage Garden. The artist is Javier Gonzalez. Javier Gonzalez Cava of Cooper Island, Watson and Holmes, and Clement Franz of many, many games, including Orleans, Agricola, Grand Austria Hotel. Look for a classic Clemens Franz, and it's him. <laughs> it's published, was published in 2013 by Lookout Games. The description is very long, following along the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing this is like a. A deep dive episode on a game we enjoy. <laughs> Here, this is our, our, instead of how to play, how do we make a better description? Mm. Okay. Uh, following along the same lines as its predecessor, Agricola, Caverna, the Cave Farmers, is a worker placement game at heart with a focus on farming. In the game, you are the bearded leader of a small dwarf family that lives in a cave in the mountains. You begin the game with a farmer and his spouse, and each member of the farming family represents an action that the player takes each turn. Together, you cultivate the forest in front of your cave and dig deeper into the mountain. You finish the caves as your, as your dwellings for your offspring, as well as working spaces for small enterprises. It's up to you how much ore you want to mine. You will need to forge weapons that allow you to go on expeditions to gain bonus items and actions. While digging through the mountains, you may come across water water source. I almost said water. Water Water sources and find ore and ruby mines that help you increase your wealth. Right in front of your cave, you can increase your wealth even further with agriculture. You can cut down the forest to sow fields and fence and pastures to hold your animals. You can also expand your family while running your ever-growing farm. In the end, the player who most efficiently develops homeboard wins. The mechanics are automatic resource growth, increased value of chosen resources, solo solitaire, tile placement, turn order, claim action, and worker placement. And the box art, Kate? So let's see. We have a cartoon scene. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm distracted by making sure everybody can see the box. Does he have that goat on a, that sheep on a leash? Uh, yeah. yeah, well, that's a classic. Uh, along with the uh, people in the foreground, uh, that's a telltale sign of a Clemens Franz box cover. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a sheep. He loves sheep. Uh-huh. So there's like a sheep in every box. The only thing they were missing is a puffing goose. Right. Which, lucky enough for everyone, is not present. Well, yeah. That's why they went to the caves in the first place, yeah. to get through mm-hmm. the great puffing goose calamity <laughs> of 384. It doesn't really look like he loves the sheep because he has it on like what looks like a, like you know, like a prison like like a chain. Yeah, a it's a, yeah, it's a chain leash. It's yeah. not like a, I'm taking my sheep out for a stroll. <laughs> <Prison> <laughs> <and> <laughs> <choking> <laughs> I don't know what the official name for that is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's the best I can do. I do not want to go to Kate's <laughs> This is a deep dive episode. Uh, so we have played Caverna many times. BP is raising her hand. <laughs> yes. I have a question. So if you're not going to ask if you picked it, you would pick it up off the shelf. Why did you guys pick it up off the shelf in the first place? Why did you buy it? 
Uh, so at first Gen Con we went to, we played Agricola. Yep. Uh, and that was pretty fun. Even though it was a, we thought it was a learn to play event. It was and not it was a learn not. to play. It, it was, was just, a, here's a table and here's a box of Agricola. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> it was Kiwi teaches everybody, including randoms, how to yeah. play. Yeah. Um, it was fun. And I was like, whoa, this guy makes good games. This, this Uwe. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this fellow. You're like, oh, Caverna's like that, but it's like dwarves and caves. And I thought that sounds even cooler. And so I bought it. And then we played it and we thought, oh, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> there you go. That's the history of a, Caverna. A glowing response. <laughs> Agricola was like our first worker placement that we ever played. I don't think we really played any worker placements before that. Not that I can remember anyway. Yeah, I, I can't think of any. And so like, I think that like when I played that for the first time, Agricola, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. But then like with the expeditions and stuff that this brings out. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, yeah, just adds a little more. All right. Uh, what is the history of cave farming dwarves? Close. Prison children. Prison. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> sheep. Oh, poor sheep. Um, so kind of apropos to uh, where we're located currently in the southwestern part of the United States. I love it. I actually have everybody looking at me. I feel like I'm in class again. Um, I automatically. I was go with the. The hand waving. Now, now you guys get to experience. I'm worried about what my mic. I experience every time. <laughs> I'm gonna go swimming now. Um, okay, uh, so c- nearby in the area, when I was thinking about cave farming, because when we played the duo for the first time, right? A oh couple, yeah, cave versus cave. Yeah. Yep. A couple months ago or so, I yep. was like, "There's an episode." You go don't. Back. Yeah, it's an episode. It's fantastic, but you don't farm in caves. This one at least has the farming outside of the caves, but it did remind me of cave dwellers nearby in southwest corner of the United States, right? The four corners. And I think Mesa Verde is the name of the the large overall park for um, the cliff dwellings and uh, which sent me down a path of learning about all kinds of agricultural techniques for basically the medieval indigenous peoples of this section of the world. Anyway, uh, they did do some farming uh, and even had ways to manipulate uh, water resources. So first of all, uh, some areas, if you're familiar with the Southwest uh, part of the United States, do not necessarily get an abundance of water. And sometimes the water resources can be pretty erratic uh, and sometimes more dangerous than uh, kind of helpful or beneficial. Uh, And so in general, what they would use is uh, different forms to capture some of the rainwater, find uh, springs for watering, but also building canals. And there's, uh, I think in certain sections of New Mexico, even some great fantastic uh, canal building that uh, helped replenish and promote uh, indigenous cultures. And so some of what... um, Again, there's a variety of terms, whether adopted and used by the peoples themselves or not, is kind of up for debate on some of the terminology applied to these people. But in general, ancestral Pueblan dwellers who dwelled in many of these areas uh, flourished from roughly 700 to around 1300 uh, in the area and were able to produce uh, what we do have in our image, gourds and squash and beans that were also helpful 
brought up from Mesoamerica as well, of course, maize, right, which is a product that did start in Mesoamerica and spread throughout the Americas as a fine source of grain. It always amazes me, though, about growing maize and the development of maize because as a genetically modified product from its origins, it's a really hard product to turn from its wild, right, kind of early uh, components into what we uh, eat and know of today. But there are, they have, they have pits that definitely maize was a, a prime component of the civilizations. In a pit? Uh, they have like the leftover fossilized remains of some, uh, and, like some of okay. the archaeological things. I thought but the if, people were living in a pit. <laughs> no, but they did have kivas that they did ceremonials, which were kind of these round, um, dug out kind of pit-like structures. They were normally more shallow, so people could get in and out of them. Mm, so less like a thunderdome. Less like a thunderdome. Okay. And more like a maybe rain dance dome. That just oh. sounds very. Very poor, poor uh, idea, but definitely uh, there have been some dialogues about, in fact, the uh, migrations out of or uh, disappearance of the peoples after 1300, uh, partly due to, some believe, uh, based on oral traditions, the ancestors that were in control of the nature, uh, not appreciating uh, some of the rituals that were being practiced. And so there's actually, you see kivas that were specifically abandoned, even when people still flourished in the area because they were trying to manipulate nature to still continue to promote. But it really, the agricultural developments in an area that doesn't normally produce a lot of agriculture were pretty fantastic based on the technology of the time, which is mostly made out of sticks not necessarily rupees. I still don't know how rupees get into farming. That's from the mining. It's a different part. But it's uh, cave farmers. Right. They're farming outside the cave. But they're mining in. inside. They're expanding the cave. And, yeah. and expanding the cave because you need your family members to do all that farming for you. So B BP and I haven't played for a bit, unfortunately. So uh, we'll just do a rules reminder for us. And then I'm sure you guys already know how to play. So uh, we are adventurous dwarves living in caves, digging for ore and making our caves into living and working areas while we head off on expeditions and also growing crops and raising livestock. We're quite busy. At the end of the game, the wealthiest dwarf is the winner. It's a new Rosenberg game. So the first player is randomly chosen, but we could go with the shortest person, the person with the longest beard. Uh, last to be in a cave, last to mine for ore, last to go off on an expedition. So there's lots of good, solid choices. Um, the player boards are split into two halves. Uh, in the forest, we will clear to make room for meadows and pastures. And in the cave, we'll expand to add rooms while also excavating rubies and ores we need for construction uh, and making more room for more dwarves. So each round will have five phases. So the first one is going to be add a new action space. So we'll turn over the top action card and add it to the appropriate space on the board. This is now a permanent action space on the board. Replenish accumulating spaces. So we'll place goods from the general supply on the action spaces that require items, regardless of whether there's already a good on that space. Then we'll go into the work phase where we'll work clockwise. Uh, each player will place one dwarf on an unoccupied action space and perform its action. Uh, and as our dwarves gain weapon strength, you have to go in uh, ascending order, so lowest to highest. Then we'll return home. So after all dwarves have been placed on action spaces, we'll return them to their dwellings. 
and then harvest time. At the end of most of the rounds, there is a harvest, and you'll collect grain and vegetables, feed your family, and breed your animals. The game lasts for 12 rounds, and then from round six and on, there will be a gray harvest marker that will flip at the start of the round. If it's green, we'll harvest as normal, and if it's red, it's going to go on to the harvest event card, and that will adjust the harvest based on which event gets covered. After the harvest, at the end of the 12th round, the game is over and scoring is completed. Players will gain points for each farm animal and dog they have, because dogs don't count as farm animals. Minus two points for each type of farm animal uh, they do not have. Half of gold per grain rounded up. One gold per vegetable, ruby, and dwarf. Minus one point for each unused space. The gold from the furnishings, pastures, and mines they've added to their board. The bonus points from parlor, storages, and chambers. Finally, any gold coins they have and minus points for each begging token, in case they couldn't feed their doors during a harvest. And the player with the most is the winner. There is no tiebreaker. At that point, everyone's a winner. Well, the people who are tied. Not the sheep. Not the sheep, because it is it is the darkest sheep timeline. That just, I'm now depressed. Those are all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's farm. We just finished a game of Caverna. To recap, BP had 31 cuddle points. Uh, Kate had 46 ruby points. Kiwi had 73 expeditionary points. And I won with 85 donkey and mine points. <laughs> so your winning strategy. Winning there. strategy. Was, I started with just sort of like a, a mix. So I had some, some farming stuff going on. But then when I got mines and ruby mines, I was trying to fill up mines and ruby mines and put donkeys in them. And then I got the thing that was like for every donkey in a mine, it costs one less food at feeding time. And so by the end I wasn't feeding anything. I just had so many donkeys in mines. <laughs> Someone uh, else was feeding you. Yeah. And then um, e- each mine is worth points and each Ruby mine is worth points. So it just added up to a lot. Um, and, but I had like none of the, uh, I didn't know if it was going to work. Cause I was like, I didn't have any of like the special point cards, which I normally do. And I was like, I don't know what this is going to add up to, but worked out. Yeah, I tried to, uh, I like the expeditions because like it gives you access to a lot of early stuff that you don't get until much later. And then it gives you, it opens up some stuff that you can do that if somebody takes those actions, you can still do them. So I went expeditions early and got myself two people that could do the expeditions. And so I think I got a bunch of stuff that way. Uh, And then I just made sure that I could fill out my board. I wish I had done more rooms than hallways because I think there would have been some dwellings that I could have bought. Because at the end I had... Mm -hmm eight stone and 11 wood that I just couldn't spend because I didn't have space to do it because I had too many hallways. But so that's what I was trying to do. I feel like Kate got on that strategy too with the expeditions later on. Later on. on. I don't know if I'd call it a strategy. (laughs) (laughs) BP? The cuddle strategy, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because with two players, you don't, I usually do an expedition and Kate doesn't. I think this is the first time you've done them. Yeah, I always but, forget about them. But yeah, well, like two players, I feel like you don't need to, you do, don't need to do them. But with this one, like I'm, you did it early and even then we were still like com- competition over some of the spaces was, was a little rough. Yeah. So then I started doing them and I think that was two people. 
I think like half the players doing expeditions kind of frees up a lot of spaces, but you don't have to do them to win. Um, they can just help out. Yep. I just, I wanted to have animals cuddling. So uh, obviously I, maybe not a winning strategy. I also did not fill out a bunch of my cave spaces. So no, I, I, I'll, I'll say that I do enjoy playing with our group because there's always like, we tend to not make like tactically sound or like good decisions. Cause it's like, Oh, did that say dog room? <laughs> like, I did not get the dog training room and I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, Oh, there's a dog. I'm getting the dog. Oh, yeah. there's a cuddle room. I'm getting the cuddle room. Like, even if it doesn't make sense, we're just like, I'm doing that because I want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even I, I didn't know mine was going to work so well. I was just like donkeys and mines. That sounds fun. Yeah. Oh. All right, poor donkeys, uh, though. Did you ever think about those poor donkeys? We were pretty harsh laborers on our side of the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I put the children to work pretty early. See, I, I, was, I was responsible dwarf that did not have any children until, until I you could yeah. Yeah. support them. Yeah. Yes. You had good careers. You had a place for them to live. The farm was going The strong. farm was going. You the had room had plenty of sheep. Plenty of sheep. Uh, the nursery was ready. Yes. So that going into theme, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, this could be, I mean, he's done it, changed mm-hmm. the theme around constantly. It's always some version of farming for some reason, but that's why I like this over Agricola, I think, because it's, it's way more fun. We're talking about cuddle rooms and sheep <laughs> and, and mining donkeys. <laughs> that's just like Agricola is a very, like your farmers on a farm. Yeah. It's a lot it, drier. In Agricola, it's cards that you get to draw and play those cards if you have the stuff to build them. And then there's like there's like eight that are always there no matter what. And then you could like change. There's like 15 or 16 different decks so you could change up the game that way. I like this with the tiles because you also get to see like your cave build out too mm-hmm. uh, that I think is interesting beyond the cards. I will like to speak on behalf of the farmers and having grown up on a farm. Farms can be quite interesting, so I just I want to throw that yeah, out that yeah, maybe it's Agricola <laughs> and not farmers, <coughs> okay, okay, so that we can fair. keep our farming listening audience. Yes, all the farmers <laughs> listening to our podcast. Well, I mean, it, it, once, it's once like any their fields, any job. Like it's, if it's realistic, it's less fun than if it's a little bit more fantastical, whimsical, if you will. Right. Mm. Table presence, BP. It's fantastic. I mean, it, and I, I don't know that I remember Agricola as much to do those comparisons, but obviously it comes with the wooden components, which are nice. They're also colored coded for your individual, right? Um, markers. Um, you've got the middle board that everybody's playing on that gets piled up sometimes with so many things, and then you can just collect all of those things get cuddle rooms i mean the rooms are pretty like all of them there was the writing room the cooking room the slaughter room (laughs) i mean there's a wide variety so it is uh it's definitely something i feel like that catches your eye when you're walking by and it is something that is very i think when you're into these kinds of games and you've seen them before like you recognize it too when you walk by you're like that's an agricola that's a caverna so you know it's a What's the guy's name? Uve Rosenberg, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I think Eric's brought this up in other games too, but at the end of this, regardless of how well you did, there is a sense of accomplishment because you Mm -hmm. can see your board go from nothing to something. And so like you are working and going forward with the game, but you have something that exists at the end. And I think that really adds to it because you can really watch your your cave and your your farm like build out. And I, I think we were all laughing and joking about our different like, 
elements of our farms and caves. So. Yeah. Yeah. Back to that relates to your other point that if we just play for like having a cuddle room, you still enjoy whatever you've mm-hmm. created mm-hmm. regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one problem is the like brown. Uh, uh, some of the shapes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the cow looks a lot like the wood mm-hmm. um, and maybe even the dog if you're far enough away. Yeah. Yeah. The pig in the oar. The pig in the yeah. oar, yep. as I had trouble yep. with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, table runs is good, but it's also, you can tell it's a very like Euro-y yep. strategy game. Like it's not, the boards could be more interesting. The little tokens could be a little bit more interesting. Kind of like um, Castles of Mad King, where I'm excited that the new version is going to have a little bit more art on the tiles. Mm-hmm. So I think this could use like that kind of upgrade. But I mean, it's, it's not, it looks nice. It looks very like clean. It looks like a good strategy game. Mechanics, Kiwi. Yeah, I love worker <laughs> placement games. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say. I just, I like the puzzle aspect of it. Uh, we'll get into a player interaction, but this is one of those games where the player interaction only really comes from somebody going in your spot. But even then, like there were a couple of times where somebody was like, oh, I was going to go there. And then Eric was like, I was also going to go there. But there's enough other spaces that you could... You could change up your plan and be okay. I felt like in Agricola, there's not as many spaces that let you do the same thing. So you can feel really stuck. And I think that was one of the reasons why I like Caverna more than Agricola is because you do have those extra spaces to go in case somebody does block you. Um, but yeah, I love the puzzles of worker placement games. So, I, I, yeah. I don't like worker placement games very much mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. There are some you like. <laughs> Dice hospital. I guess I guess we'll find out at the end of this. Yeah. There's a lot of variety. I think this is like Uve is like the pure worker placement kind of setup usually. There's like a lot of variations and stuff. Yeah. I guess um, I, I I guess because for me it's just such a struggle in these in in at least these types because I feel like I want the resources, right? You want the resources, but then you also want more workers. But then, you know, you can't have the more workers unless you have enough right food to feed them. And that's a big problem for me. I also wonder if worker placement maybe doesn't fit with your play style. Mm-hmm. Because I think the, all four of us are kind of, not, I don't want to say impulsive, but we'll make decisions and then go forward. Whereas a worker placement game, you really have to, like, these are the places that I'm going to go. If somebody goes here, this is my alternate plan. But you really have to like, okay, you have to set yourself up for later turns sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think two, three turns ahead, what you did in one round could affect you later on, especially if you need resources to buy things. So that's the puzzle part of worker placement that I really enjoy is you do have to kind of plan out and have alternate plans in case somebody goes in a place that you needed to make your plan work. Oh, and I do. I would say I'm I'm quite impulsive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I think I like Caverna the most is that Agricola is a little bit too locked down of like if somebody takes your spot, you're like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And it's like this is a mo- much more. Oh, they took that one. There's some other options I have. I don't know if that looks fun. I'll go do that one. But then you have like a feast for Odin, which is just too much. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. It's like this fits like a nice middle ground of like it's it's a little bit like more options than Agricola, but not like a bajillion options that break your mind like Feast for Odin. Yeah. Rules. How is it learning? Uh, relearning? relearning? I've played it a few times now and I still feel like I need to relearn it. And that goes with like the strategy of the worker placement, too. It's hard to employ a good strategy if you're still like relearning again. Um, and with four, it was definitely different. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 
I think I am more of the impulsive player and you do plan ahead. And so when we play the two of us, that's fine because there's plenty of spaces to go around. But I think you're the least be. impulsive I in the group. I was just going to say yeah. that too. Yeah. You think way more than any of us. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're all that, somewhat but... impulsive, but I think you are slightly less impulsive okay. than the three of us. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> we're learning about ourselves today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not bad. Saying. Yeah. No. So that was going to be my question before we moved into rules is, I mean, now that you've started playing more variety styles of games, mm -hmm. um, I mean, what are your thoughts about worker mechanic and then the worker placement and then that learning process or your thinking process, your enjoyment Whether of games? I, enjoy I, I like the worker placement. Um yeah, I don't know. My my thoughts are that yeah, it, it is then tricky to um, to do it for the first time though. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because okay. when you're when you're thinking of what spot to go to, like you're very thoughtful about like what is this going to get me? What do I want? So you're sitting there really, maybe not planning out far in advance, but you're definitely thinking very strategically about the particular spot when you're there in the moment, okay. right? And what it's going to get you and and how best to get what you what you're wanting so you can see you playing out like mm -hmm. in a very <laughs> it's a good way it's nothing bad i'm not pointing this out yeah, you think more than us yeah okay. whereas whereas i'm like i don't know i want to plant I mean, stuff i want to farm <laughs> i was just say like this is this is the type of game that the more you know it the better you're gonna do mm -hmm. like by all accounts i should have won the game just because right, i played it the most. It. Um, and I know how it works the most. So like, this is that type of game that like, it's, that's why they're hard to bring in new people. And that's like this one. I was like, I'm going to go with a new strategy that I never tried before. And I didn't know if it was going to work or not. Like, it's hard. Like if you're like a real competitive person, if you're a Yokohama guy, like you cannot play this with a new person because you're just going to destroy them. And it's like not fun. So I think what's interesting. So both Agricola and Caverna have a solo mode and people have basically solved it mm -hmm. and have, have figured out exactly the order of huh. turns and actions that you need to take in order to maximize the amount of points that you get. And like, it's crazy to me that somebody sat there and was like, okay, here's the way to maximize the amount of points to get in a round. Mm -hmm. So like you could essentially say that Agricola and Caverna have been solved. Is it like chess? Are those like chess players where they can just sit and like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. They've mad the chess is a solved game. It's just a very hard one to right, solve. Right, right. Time, but yeah. Yeah, I will say with the uh, not necessarily the learning, right, but if we're still on the rules section, but like some of the I mean, it's it's got great, right? I mean, he obviously he's produced a lot of games, so he knows like all the different components to put with it. But I still feel like some of the uh, symbols are also kind of tricky mm -hmm. and like knowing then kind of what the expedition by just looking at those cards and what you're supposed to be getting. I don't know. There's like some of them that are still kind of hard to see what it's trying to pinpoint. I agree with that. Yeah, I look I them up almost every time we play. Yeah, yeah. I will say this is not one of my favorite rule books. It's very hard to find things in this rule book. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not great, which is weird because the game itself is really good. The designer's really good. Mm -hmm. The rule book is just, I do not like it. It's not the worst, when but I do it not like again? it. 2013, 14. Okay, so it's a little older game. God, it's coming up on a decade. Yep. Are they going to do like a re-release? Uh, a 10-year anniversary like they did for Mad King? I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. I feel like he just makes more games. Yeah. 
Uh, player interaction, there's not much, um, which is fine in this type of game, I think. There's obviously your worker placement interaction, and the, oh, you took my spot, but it's rarely... I denied spots twice, and I don't know if anybody realized it, but like it was a good move. And, and there were a couple times that I specifically mm-hmm. paid to go out of order because I knew I didn't yeah. want you to have it, but mm-hmm. I also wanted it. So it wasn't to deny you, it was just so that I could get it first. Yeah, I did that. One of them was just a period denial. I had an extra thing and I didn't know what I wanted. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure, Kate, would this would be a good move for you? And I took it. But I don't even know if you realized it, so I don't think it mattered. Um, and that's the thing, there's always other moves, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but there's a little bit of denial you can do if you mm-hmm. kind of start to realize it. But, like, there were other times I was like, oh, what's Kate doing? And I was like, she's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's not super interactive. Yeah, I even thought about that while we were playing. Like, I, don't, I think it was still a good choice. Like, it was interesting to play with the four of us, but I was like, you know, I was excited to, like, play a game in person together, and I'm like, this isn't interactive, really. Yeah. <laughs> it was very yeah. quiet when we were playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Most of the interaction is just everybody goofing off and telling jokes right. and talking about mm-hmm. stuff. Cuddle rooms. Or, for cuddle sure, rooms, but, yeah. 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 And what happens in the cuddle yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or doesn't happen in the cuddle room. You cuddle, and it's... That's it. Yep. <laughs> PG-13. Yeah. Um, this is an explicit tag on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, would you play it again? BP. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have played it again. Is it the one I would go grab to when I want a worker placement game? No. Can you guess... Kiwi, what worker placement game I'd go to? Probably Dice Hospital would be my guess. Okay. What about non-dice worker placement? Oh. Uh, technically, Kitchen Rush and Rush MD are both. Viticulture? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, I'm, okay. Thanks, Eric. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I That's can't believe it one. took him so long. And I think Eric knew right away where I was mm-hmm. going with that one. <laughs> and, and that's one that we have not played multiplayer. We've only ever played a two-player. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so then we know. No, no, that's not true. I played it with you. Uh, so, so we've at least done three, three player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, so I mean, yes, I would. Obviously, I like farming. I like the animals. Can yes, you? yeah. I mean, I have played it again. I enjoy it every time. Please. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, it's one that we don't play a lot because for kind of the same reason, it's kind of longer, but it is like a good one of like, we're not, it's just the two of us. It's a great two player game. Like yeah. you're not super interactive. You're just kind of hanging out and just want to like relax and, and do some thinking for the night. Um, it's a good like game for yeah. that. Like if you're not like, it's like a low intensity game. That I was thinking when you said thinking game, but it's also a light thinking game. Mm-hmm. Like unlike, it's not like a stressful. Other, yes. Like the other night we played Fuse. It's like you got to be in the mood for Fuse mm-hmm. for some intensity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely played it again. It's a worker placement. It's one of the first worker placements that we mm-hmm. that I played. So like, I I think there's a a place where it's just like. I really do think Agricola was the first one and then playing mm-hmm. Caverna and it just being better than Agricola. And now it's like I search out worker mm-hmm. placement games because I really enjoy them. But I, yeah, I, I think I, with BP too, I, I don't think I would add it to the collection just because there's we have enough worker placements. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have one like pure, I mean, there's again, worker right. placement can be a mechanic in a lot of like right. yeah, kitchen sure. rush, but like a pure worker placement game, I feel like you get one. You pick your one for the collection, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, and ours is viticulture. Yeah. yeah. So that was uh, that was Caverna. 
Our deep dive. Our deep dive. Cave farming. Our cave farming game. <laughs> oh, the puns. You're all fired. Okay. Well, if you have any uh, recommendations because you are an avid listener and you would like to hear. And a farmer. And specifically a, yeah. if you're a farmer. <laughs> oh, yes. An avid listener farmer. We are looking for you and your recommendations for our next deep dive. Or uh, maybe you want to hear our first impressions. Uh, just send them our way and you can do so via email. It's First Turn Tabletop at Gmail. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at First Turn Cast. And our podcasting camel is getting ready to cuddle in the cuddle room. That, that explicit tag is on there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I'm so happy. Uh, and I've got the wheat outside. My pumpkins are growing. So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. The cuddle room is one wood, mm-hmm. and you can put sheep in there? Yep. Yeah, the cuddle <laughs> Just pile them in there yep. and dive. I like mean, Scrooge McDuck into some sheep. Yep. Well- I mean, does it make a difference? I still need somewhere to put it, right? Well, no, but I was trying to... Plan for yourself, I think. Or see what you're doing. Just curiosity. I'll go back to my corner. Never mind. <laughs> Hello, Carol. This is your new home. Pay no attention to that blood spot off the corner. <laughs>